A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, my very good friends. We're going to talk about a lot of great professional wrestlers today. But the thing about great professional wrestlers is that the overwhelming majority of them don't actually start that way. This is a game of evolution. You have to get rid of the bad and hold on to the good. And sometimes that means ditching a lot of bad stuff, including dodgy finishers. Let's revisit some of the finishing moves that some of the greatest WWE wrestlers ever had to leave behind in their awkward pubescent stage in their career. I'm Andy from What? culture wrestling and here are 10 early wrestler finishers that you totally forgot about number 10 sean michaels the teardrop suplex hbk is the perfect guy to start with here because everything about the sweet chin music is iconic from the way he tunes up the band to how cool he made the actual super kick look on impact but in 1992 and 1993 when sean was still finding himself as a singles guy he adopted the teardrop suplex it's a version of the traditional Saito suplex pioneered of course by carrying cross and when I say carrying cross I mean Masa Saito and yes it's a pretty cool move but it's not quite as dramatic as the sweet chin music and WWE baby is all about the dramatic number nine Kane snap DDT Kane or Kane if you will made the choke slam an art form but before he got all big and red and burned and stuff he ran the gamut of some of the worst wrestling gimmicks ever including the original wrestling dentist Isaac Yankum DDS. During this run, he used a snap DDT named the DDS as a finisher. But even though Glenn Jacobs was always praised for how smooth his wrestling looked for a big guy, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world for a man of his size to, well, snap. But fortunately, like the gimmick, the DDS was short-lived. Number eight, The Miz, Mizard of Oz. And yes, it really was called The Mizard of Oz. Iron Mike Mizanin experimented with a couple of different finishers before settling on the skull-crushing finale in 2009, including The Reality Check, a running knee lift into a neckbreaker with a name harking back to his past on reality TV. But if you go even further down the yellow brick road of Miz's past, you will find The Mizard of Oz. It's a kind of less good version of of Reno's Roll the Dice spinning neckbreaker. It perhaps wasn't the wisest choice for a rookie wrestler still learning his craft who could never hit it with the same snap, crackle and pop that Reno did in WCW. And 
yeah, of course, the name is absolute pish as well. Number seven, The Undertaker, heat-seeking missile. Before The Undertaker came Mean Mark Callis, and before Mean Mark came Texas Red, a masked character whose first match was a loss to the legendary Bruiser Brody. And before all that, Mark Calloway was the master of pain, an ex-con gimmick feuding with Jerry Lawler across Memphis. Uncle Mark has been through a lot of different phases in his career, and it turns out, a lot of different finishers as well. At one point, he employed both the Heart Punch, taking a page out of Ox Baker's book, and the Heat Seeking Missile, a rope walk elbow drop that launched the big man halfway across the room. Physically impressive, no doubt, but not very spooky, so you can kind of see why he got rid of it when he went to Stanford. Number 6, Mick Foley, Cactus Elbow. Dropping an elbow off the apron onto a prone opponent on the outside isn't exactly the most shocking thing in 2020s wrestling, given that on mainstream TV over the past couple of years we've seen a pizza cutter used as a legitimate weapon. But decades ago, when Mick Foley was doing it on the regular, it most certainly was quite shocking, as the future mankind developed a reputation for pushing the envelope further than just about anyone else. Vince McMahon, of course, reinvented Foley when he came to the WWE. This meant rewiring his finish. In came the Mandible Claw, and previous match-enders like the Cactus Elbow and his version of the Pile Driver became less frequent. Number 5. Steve Austin, The Million Dollar Dream As Stunning Steve, he used the Stun Gun, a weird-looking flapjack on the ropes that kind of looked accidental half the time he did it. As Stone Cold, he used the Stunner, one of the most iconic wrestling finishers there will ever be. And as the Bloody Ringmaster, he used the Million Dollar Dream. Passed down by mentor Ted DiBiase, it was a essentially a renamed Cobra Clutch. When the crappy gimmick went the way of the dodo, so too did the hold. Number 4. Randy Orton, The Ozone He's not the first wrestler to use a cutter as a finisher, but Randy Orton definitely has made the most of it with the RKO. His is a great execution, and in case you weren't already aware, he can yeah, he can kind of hit it out of nowhere. But before that, he had the Ozone, which was his version of the overdrive. Basically, a swinging neckbreaker, but instead of using your arms for the swing, you use your legs. Why did he get rid of it in the end? I, I don't know, mate. I've not spoken to him. I've not asked him. But if I was to hazard a guess, it's probably because it looked like sh**. Number 3. Triple H. Pedigree Pandemonium. Speaking of guys who've used a cutter before, here's an example at the other end of the scale to Randy Orton. In his early WWE days, Triple H, doing his Connecticut Blue Blood gimmick, used a very, 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 very bad version of the Ace Crusher called the Pedigree Pandemonium. He stopped, fortunately, because his old WCW roster mates, DDP, phoned him up and said, uh, hey man, my diamond cutter is really getting over. Can you just stop doing your crap version? Cheers, mate. Great. Thank you. And stop, Triple H did. And the decision to change all this was probably one of the smartest that Triple H, or whoever came up with the pedigree, more on that later, ever made. He was never going to make his version of a cutter as iconic as DDP, and if his protege, Randy Orton, came along a few years later, he might have even been robbed of the RKO if Papa H was still using it. Also, the pedigree is kind of iconic in its own way now. Imagining Triple H without it doesn't really work. It's an important part of his legacy, and most importantly, 
nobody is more synonymous with it, even though it was either created by Bob Orton Jr. or Ron Bass, depending on who you believe. Nonetheless, the pedigree is Triple H, and Triple H is the pedigree. Stick your pandemonium in the bin. Number 2. The Rock Running Shoulder Breaker A man as flashy as The Rock needs moves as flashy as The Rock Bottom and the People's Elbow as finishers, not something as mundane, relatively speaking, as a shoulder breaker. But this is exactly what he used as Rocky Mayavia and Luke. The reasons the Rocky Mayavia character failed go far and beyond the finisher, but having what was ostensibly a transitional move as a match ender certainly didn't help. The transformation from Rocky Mayavia to The Rock is in keeping with the finisher change. The shoulder breaker, like Rock's original guys, is alright, but kind of bland. It's unbuttered toast, really. The People's Elbow is one of the showiest moves ever. It's so elaborate it borders on ridiculous, and it turns out that most of the best wrestling is also so elaborate it borders on ridiculous. It fits his character, fits his time and place, and just looks a lot cooler than the shoulder breaker, which is what it's all about, really. The Rock knows better than most that sometimes if you want to hit the top, you have to transform. This was a big, big part of that. A new arsenal for a new man and a new level of superstardom. And at number one, CM Punk, the Pepsi Plunge. Of all the moves on this list, chances are high that this is the one you haven't forgotten about, given that CM Punk brought it back for his dynamite match with MJF in February. But when Punk first joined WWE, the Pepsi Plunge, ostensibly a top rope pedigree, did go missing. Punk chose to stop using it because it turns out jumping off the top rope and landing on your knees in every every other match kind of hurts, so fair play. It's also a cooler version of Triple H's pedigree, if we're being honest, and you know, it's not that I'm saying Triple H is insecure or anything like that, I would would never make such an accusation about Papa H, but you know. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag, say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.